Can we have, just just real quick before we move on from this? I'm, tr- I'm trying. Uh, our buddy Travis Davidson at Travis Skull on Twitter. I I saw this earlier, and I forgot to mention it. In honor of Will Levis and his mayo and coffee drinking, all banana eating freak mindset, I asked anything that you do or you've seen that just makes absolutely no sense food wise. But Travis writes peanut butter, pickle relish, and American cheese sandwich. Or sandwich, Ali. I'm not a pickle relish guy. It's never really been my thing. So, yeah. So, at the ballpark, no thanks on the relish? Never. I, you know what? No, in fairness, I don't know if I've given it a fair shot. I don't know if I've gone in and truly tried. I think I maybe have had a bite of it. It was like, ugh! No. And then this one just because and I think I think this came in from uh PM Armstrong. Peanut butter sugar sandwich as a kid. Supplied by County Food Outlet and OK. Wouldn't make sense now, but it was a staple then. <laughs> Peanut butter sugar. And then I've been trying to make make sense of this from uh from Terry and the crew over the Sooner Football Fans podcast. Black olive with canned string cheese in them. So you get like, okay, now I love black olives. I can eat them like crazy, but I hate the other olives, the green olives. Not doing it. That little red thing, get it out of here. Get out of my face. <laughs> I'm talking like about a fight. <laughs> but I'm seeing Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving past rolling – Rolling through the mind there, and it is very upsetting for so, you. So, uh, Boomer Terry, I need to find out, is this you taking an olive? And doctoring right, it with in, string cheese. So, in, I mean, again, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I, easy I, cheese, you just shake it up and right. ho- well, hose I, it down. But it's, it's like you got to be exact because it's – we're really getting to the science of trying to put nacho cheese in an olive right now. String, string, string cheese. cheese. So oh, spray cheese. cheese. No, yeah, squeeze. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, a can uh, of squeezed cheese. So it's the... Oh, uh, so Cheese Whiz. Yeah, there you go. I've never had Cheese Whiz. Are you okay? We need to go to the store right now. Is it get... good? I've had, I've had the assumption that it was bad. Uh, no it's it's Where's solid. My, I'm not even kidding. Because now I'm craving some Ritz crackers. Yes. And so you've never had... The kid, Jalen no. View, Jalen's an elite athlete. I don't think he has. Has he had? Ask. Have you had cheese? No. When he was younger, he has. Okay. 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 I'm thinking we need to figure this out. What do we have an interview we can place? But see, here's the problem. If I go to the store right now in the middle of the show, I will come back with every single piece of junk food that's in there. <laughs> well, they said they liked olives. Right. So, so we got we got to try this all. Through this program and see if we can make peanut it Peanut butter, relish. I need, I need white bread, wheat uh, bread. That's fantastic. All right. Now, we had made a commitment on this show as we welcome you into the Plank Show on a Friday to really commit to Fridays being about football. And we are off to a roaring start today. Now, David Hale is going to join us in hour number three. David wrote the article on Brent Venables and then Joey Helmer, whom I swung and missed on yesterday because we were out at Cavens and we started talking about terrible pictures. I mean, it's just. It, it, it was a different kind of a show. So on Fridays leading up to the start of the college football season, and we're going to keep tabs on this 
Pierce, how, how long does Pierce get to enter? Do you have to go back to school at some point? Or Eventually, I do have to go to school, but I think I might be able to – I think I've got a couple mornings where okay. I can still swing by. Okay, that's because I think what would be good is to have a every-other-week update on how we're looking on our over-under win totals. Yeah, that'd be good. Now, I don't know if it's safe to keep it on that notepad, <laughs> so I'm going to grab this notepad. Would you like me to just type it out over here into a Word document? No, listen, you can try to do what you want to do with technology, Josh, but in the end, it's going to be the paper and the pen that is the only thing remaining. So maybe we do that too. So we're going to go – I'm going to give you a little nugget on each team. Okay. All right? We're going to go over-under win total, and we're all going to get learned up today on the ACC. You ready? Here we go. All right, we'll go in alphabetical order, and we shall start with Boston College. Now, again, keep this in mind. I am going with the most recent over-under win total that I can find on one Boston College. And if you are outraged by these numbers that I have and you feel like you need to be updated or they need to be updated, then please, by all means, call me out, especially if you have the super secret text line, Travis. So here's the over-under win total as it stands right now for Boston College. Six. Six. All right. A quick little background on BC. They finished last year at six and six. They uh, have a returning starting quarterback with Phil Jerkovic, though he was not healthy last season. So – you are looking at a team. Let me double-check their schedule just to make sure I got Oh, look at you. We're looking at the same thing. They've All three of us are. We, we're all, okay, good. So we're all on the same page together. This, this is You could not have planned this better than it just organically worked out. You've got tough road trips to Tallahassee, to uh, Blacksburg, and listen, Wake Forest is no cake in the park anymore. So I'm still going to lean – over and I don't know why but you're looking at a squad that is getting some dudes back I want to double check their their depth chart real quick because I think there was there was one guy coming back that I was really excited because you know me most of these squads I know based on their uh based on their draft eligible guys it's what year two the quarterback is that guy yeah 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 exactly and he but he wasn't healthy Last year, and I'm sorry, right. I am a redneck, so I must refer to him as Jerkovich, right? Okay. Because okay. there is a yeah. J there. But oh, um, they got uh, they got the graduate transfer tight end George Tax, who is a part of their squad right now. So, and and some people think he's a he's an NFL dude. I'm not going to get too carried away over tight end being a difference maker when it comes to an over under. But I'm going to lean BC over six. I'm I'm going under as okay. I look at their schedule and just kind of what CBS projected as their losses. I agree with them. I don't think they're winning at either Virginia Tech or Florida State. Clemson, Wake Forest, those are both losses. NC State, Notre Dame, definitely losses. Rutgers, I think they're beaten in the non-conference, but, you know, we'll see. Noah Vigil, Gavin Wimsett, can they be a little bit better? Louisville, to me, that's a toss-up type game for them. Probably they're going to beat. Louisville, maybe. I mean, who knows, right? Right. Duke, Syracuse, they're probably winning both of those games. But That's right. Are they, based on the games that I think they're losing, are they definitely winning all these other games? I mean, it's hard for me not to think that 
they're not going to slip up and drop at least one of those somewhere. So I'm going to go safely with the under six. All right, Pierce, over under? I think, six. I think the six is a really good one. I, I like the under. Okay. I like the under. I think six is a really good one just because I agree with uh, Josh. I think those the losses are pretty much locks. Um, you know, who's to say Maine doesn't pull off the upset, you know? Who's to say? Right. I, I Everybody's kind of picking that. By the way, if they get upset by Maine, my over is really looking bad. Okay, so we'll get to seven teams uh, in the Atlantic in here. Boston, number one, over under at six. You have taken the under. This is going to ruin things if I'm trying to to go in alphabetical order. So, listen, let's not try to go by division. Let's just go 7-7. Seven, seven. Clemson, a massive number for the Tigers. Over under Ten and a half. DJ Ui Unga Lale maybe has his confidence back. We heard how we heard how Dabo Sweeney felt about him yesterday. You're replacing both of your coordinators. Uh the schedule. Well, the schedule shapes up with one challenge, right? You gotta go to Notre Dame again this year. But you get South Carolina at home, you get Miami at home, you have to go to Florida State, which is always good for an upset or two. I went first last time, Josh, over under 10.5, Clemson. I'm going to go under, and I don't feel great about it. I could certainly see an 11-1 season on the table here. I do think they're losing at Notre Dame. And then from that point, it's just my lack of confidence in DJ Ui Ungalale that, I mean, is he going to beat both at Wake Forest and North Carolina State? Yeah, probably, but I'm a little bit shaken based on what I saw last year. What about at Florida State? I still am not crazy about Florida State, but that's a tough road trip to the Doke. So I'm going to hedge my my bet here that I don't think he's winning all three of those games. And I will say I feel confident they're losing to Notre Dame at Notre Dame, and probably there's one more the rest of the way, so I will go under 10 and a half. I, I feel like we probably should have waited on Clemson until later because, again, I, I, I do feel like there's going to be a lot of eyes on Clemson this year in Oklahoma. I think a lot of people will be intrigued to see how things pan out. I'm I'm a firm believer that Cade Klubnik might end up being the guy. Could be, yeah. And, and I like DJ's skill set, but I don't know how good he is, and that's a terrible thing to say. So, anyway, which way are you going, Pierce? I like the under. I agree, Josh. I think uh, the Miami game is one that people aren't going to be watching too much. Uh, I like Miami this year. Uh, Cristobal is looking in the right direction from Diaz's monstrosity that he had over there. Um, so I like I like the under here. I'm going over. I'm going. You think they go? Ooh. So I I think. Uh oh. Hold on. Blaine Brown just texted me. This could be breaking news, and it's from. Uh, Oh, it's a preseason poll from the SEC. Blaine, uh, Blaine is my I not he's not a get back to sports guy, but he always lets me know whenever there's breaking news. The SEC poll is out. We'll get to it here in a second. Um, yeah, I think I think Clemson might be the. I think they're a dark. This sounds wild to say Clemson is a dark horse pick, but I, I think this is going to be a big time prove it year for Dabo, and not as if Dabo Sweeney is ever in trouble. But you have gone with your promote from within. Right, that's been his mindset has been now. All right, we're since Dabo hired Brent and and, and Coach Chad Morris. Every hire since then is has come from you know within, and they've 
developed a nice family tree, if you will. Now, and again, not every, but they've gone outside for a few. But, I mean, Todd Pates would have been in line probably to be the defensive coordinator had he not come here. Um, Miguel Chavis would probably be a position coach right now at Clemson had he not come here. So my point is, you know, you this is a great test of it because you haven't had to replace two coordinators during this time. But, man, they got some studs on defense. They've got some Brian Brees now. Is special. He's got a chance to to really be good. So I'm going to go. This isn't as much pro Clemson as it might be anti ACC. Yeah. So I'm going to go over, which means, you know, I've I've got them winning eleven regular season games essentially, or ten regular season games and a conference championship game. So. I'll go over. All right, let's hustle through Duke real quick. I don't know how much more we can give you on the Duke Blue Devils, except they have a new head coach in Mike Elko, who comes over from Texas A&M. The over-under is at three and a half right now. Uh, Pierce, you get to go first on Duke because we're going snake style on this bad boy. Three and a half. Oh, man, this is I hard. sense the concern uh, right now. I'm not now. too versed in, in Duke football. No one is. You know what? Give me the over. Give me the over. Wow. Okay. Josh? I I mean, same thing. I mean, who knows, right? I'll go under and say that they're not winning at Kansas and Northwestern. Those would be the two kind of toss-up games for them that will determine this number. Florida State has an over-under of seven. I say we're going snake style, but I guess I'm going first here. Uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm taking the over. Uh, There's no hook here. I, I think it's high time that things got rolling for my man Mike Norvell. It's year three. You've you've got a nice home schedule draw. And, you know, you get Clemson at home. You got a fairly tough trip to Louisville and Miami. LSU is at a neutral site. I'm going to go over seven for Florida State, Josh. What are you going? Did you go over or under three and a half for Duke? I went under. Good pick. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think I'm going – I, I, I'm going <laughs> I, under. The funny thing is, we talked about. I'm going under on Florida. We talked State. about how how little people would care about the ACC, and here we are struggling with trying to figure out over unders on these teams and what they're going to do on the season, and giving a snapshot of them. What do you think? What do you got for uh for FSU? Give me the over. Okay. I like the over. I, I've been a big uh, Seminole guy uh, in in the Gaylord journalism and mass communications building at Oklahoma. Look at you. Uh, all right, so. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. Three more, then we'll break. It's 10-17 on the Plank Show. It's football Friday. We're going through the ACC, our over-under picks for the 2022 season. Georgia Tech, over-under three and a half. Josh, you go first. Tough road trips on the schedule, including one to Georgia. Uh, they had a complete staff shakeup this season, though Jeff Collins is back. He's got a new OC. Yeah, they're He's- awful. They're one of the worst teams nationally. I'm going to go under. Oh, you made that very easy. All right, uh, Pierce. Over under three and a half. Give me the under. That yeah, that, that was easy. Looking at that's a tough schedule for him too. <sighs> yeah, if, if I'm gonna be negative on the SEC, then I guess I have to stay true to my word here and go under three and a half because everything is new for this team this season. Everything is new this season. Uh, Jeff Sims was okay last year. They've got two guys fighting for the job with him. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the first one we have all agreed on. 
we all go consensus. Un- we all go under on Georgia Tech. It's gonna stink when they go five and seven. Yeah, exactly. Or when they like are the surprise team. Okay, here is one that has some some national pool, and honestly, one that I struggled with just a bit. You know, Malik Cunningham is a quarterback that's been debated quite a bit. Right, this is a guy that some think might be the the next in every Louisville quarterback as compared to Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson. Nobody's comparing anyone to Chris Redman, NFL Super Bowl winner. I see, but Malik Cunningham has been on fire. And speaking of on, or has been intriguing, but the recruiting trail has been on fire. Do they have a good collective going at Louisville? They've got like three five stars that have signed with them. Anyway, that's irrelevant for twenty two. Their over-under win total is at six of intriguing games on the schedule. They travel to Virginia. They travel to Clemson. They travel to Lexington to take on Kentucky. They get Pitt, North Carolina State, and a very challenging non-conference game against James Madison at home. I forgot who's first. I think Pierce, you're first on this one. Over-under six, which way are you going? Uh, I like the over. Okay. I like the over. Josh? I think mostly because the number doesn't have the hook on it. I like the over of six. I see some toss-up games on here. Like, they have UCF as a loss. Uh, At Kentucky, yeah, that's probably a loss. But as a rivalry game, I don't think it's the craziest thing that they could spring an upset over Kentucky. So, I feel pretty comfortable taking the over on six and feeling like, you know, worst case, maybe I push. You know what's funny? Is last year we did the Ref Royal Rumble. And Louisville burned me so many times in that stupid thing, man. So many times. But I'm going to play the over on them right now at six. Now, now, by the way, uh, for the final segment of the 10 o'clock hour, we'll go back and give you our confidence bets. (laughs) And we'll say which one we're actually confident in. But one more before we catch a break, and it's a big one. It's Miami. No turnover chain this year. Mario Cristobal comes in, and they're – they're a very interesting squad, man. I think that at the quarterback position, they have a dude that maybe, maybe not could be a first-round pick in Tyler Van Dyke. I feel like he's been in school for 186 years, but somehow he's just a sophomore. You know they're going to be talented, right? You know they're going to have dudes that can make plays. Uh, they've got in Frank Ladson Jr., a junior transfer wide receiver, who I think can be a difference maker. Uh, Keyshawn Smith as one of their slot receivers, big time. I love their tailback depth. Keep an eye on Jalen Knighton this year. I, th- I think I want to take the over, eight and a half. Now, that's a big win total, man. That is a Miami team that was, let's see, what was their – they were seven and six last year. Yeah. Seven and six. So you're going – you're not just going for one more win. You got to get two more wins in there somewhere, and that's a pretty challenging schedule. But I'm going to put my faith in Cristobal, and I'm going to go with you over, Josh. I am too, and I feel horrible about it <laughs> because they've basically got two built-in guaranteed losses at Texas A&M, at Clemson. I mean, they're not winning either of those two games, I don't think. And then from there, you got one one other game you could lose, right? But the good news for them is – I don't think Virginia Tech's all that great. They'll win at Virginia. Florida State, look, uh, I already told you, I'm going the under on Florida State at seven. Mm. So, to me, Pitt replacing, uh, obviously, a quarterback there, I I think that they only lose one of those games and finish probably nine and three. I like the over. Wow. After disagreeing on the first four, 
We all went under on Georgia Tech. We all went over on Louisville. And we all went over on Miami. All right, believe it or not, the ACC and its 14 stinking teams. We got seven more to hit, and then we'll recap the best of ACC media days coming up on a football Friday. Real quick, before we uh, get back into the ACC over-under win totals on a football Friday, the SEC released its preseason media poll. And, again, I don't try to get too carried away in media polls. I, I guess I wonder, why wouldn't you release it during media days? It's just everyone's there. You can talk about it. But they've got a billion-dollar contract with ESPN and ABC, and I don't. So I don't think I'll question them too much. So here is their preseason media poll. Georgia, the top pick in the East. Alabama, the top pick in the West. No shock, right? Quickly one, one through seven in the East. Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, four. South Carolina, five, followed by Missouri and Vanderbilt. In the West, Alabama is one, followed by A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss at four, LSU at five, Mississippi State at six, and Auburn at seven. In the West, the first place votes of the, let's see, 177 plus three is 180. Carry the one. Of the 184 first place votes, 177 of them went, wait, hold on, that's not right, 181. Math. Math. 177 first place votes for Bama, three for Alabama, one for Arkansas. So 181 first place votes. Somebody put Arkansas over Bama in the West. Good times. Absurd. Here's the other one. Of the 181 first place votes in the SEC East, Georgia received 172 of them. Kentucky received four. The next highest number of first place votes went to South Carolina, who received three, which shows you there had to be some really interesting fluctuations in where people had South Carolina. Because if you have 181 voters and they got three first place votes, they still finished fifth in the East. Tennessee received a first place vote. Yeah. And so, See, like, that can actually – I can actually sort of understand sure, that. Sure, I understand Tennessee. I even understand. But Vanderbilt received a first-place vote in the SEC East. Real quick, my claim to fame. Vanderbilt's starting quarterback, Ken Seals, went yes. to my high school. I picked him off in junior high. There you go. Take that, Ken hey. Seals. Vanderbilt, coming off a 2-10 and 10 season, is picked by somebody to win the SEC East. Um. A real quick rundown of the Vanderbilt schedule includes a road trip to Bama, a road trip to Georgia, and a road trip to Kentucky. But they do get Florida and Tennessee at home to wrap up the season. What are we doing? So, you and I were talking about this before we got back from this break. Look. It's Clark Lee's vote. That's good, Jalen. <laughs> what did they say? It's Clark Lee's vote. Their head coach said, you vote us number one. That's right. <laughs> Look, it's. Not the nuclear missile crisis, right, that we're solving here by voting which teams are going to finish where in the conference, but isn't there a level of professionalism and decorum? I mean, come on. There is no chance, 0% chance, Vanderbilt is winning the SEC East. Did you not not see? They got a new logo. That's right. They They got a new logo. logo. It's, it's, they're coming up, man. Vanderbilt. I. At least under on Vanderbilt's win total. By I the way, I think what's what's kind of funny, and and I know this this is one of those things where 
it, it's jokey joke time and places like Barstool and others will laugh at it. And you're right, it's true because it's a preseason poll and it does not matter. No. But, I mean, isn't there a certain sense of like trying to take things? Does everything have to be a bit? Not everything is content. I mean, literally, not everything is content. And not everything is a bit. It's 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 okay to maybe take your preseason poll seriously. It, right. And how about our friends from, I would imagine, this great state of Iowa that voted Iowa State as a first-place team in the Big 12? Like, there's no way you can look at Iowa State and what they lost this offseason and turn around and say, yep, Cyclones, they're winning the Big 12. <laughs> right? I mean, there's no way. You're not paying attention if you do. You're or, just not paying attention. Or you're just being a homer, which is fine. But it's just take your – I almost cussed. <laughs> take your stuff seriously. That's like three days in a row. What is wrong with me? All right, over under ACC. Let's roll through this. Uh, we went to Boston College, Clemson, Duke, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Louisville, and Miami. Uh, we're going by the official numbers we found courtesy of CBSSports.com. We're at North Carolina, who's replacing Sam Howell, who is their starting quarterback for a hundred years. Their over/under win total quickly is at five, uh, seven and a half. Excuse me, Josh, seven and a half. Which way are you going? I'm going over for really no good logical reason other than they're not expected to do as much this season. So I think that they'll be better this year. It's kind of a Mac Brown thing. Uh, I think losing Sam Howells, I don't know who their, their new quarterback is. They've got a competition that's currently going okay. on. Uh, uh, with that information, give me the under. <laughs> Anytime you have a quarterback competition and there's more than one or two guys involved, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to take the under on this one. By the way, if you're wondering about the quarterbacks who are allegedly in on the competition, it is Jacoby Criswell. Drake May and freshman Connor Harrell, though it's believed that it's it's Criswell and May who are truly battling for. How could I forget those guys? Household names. You went under. Could not believe I forgot about. I'm going under as well too on UNC. But you're just starting to talk me into maybe wanting to go the other. You got time to change now. Here's a team that I like this year that everyone else seems to be on board with: North Carolina State. Over. Oh, eight and a half. Yep. You're already there. I'm over. All right. Love the quarterback play. This will be one of the best teams in the ACC. They're not going to win the ACC. I think that'll be Clemson, but I like North Carolina State a lot. I'm going over as well. What say you, Pierce? I I just don't understand all the hype around them. Oh, it's uh, very simple. They have a returning starting quarterback that a lot of people think is uh, is going to be pretty good. That's I. There's your hype. That's exactly what it's all about. And, Leary. And everyone likes Dave Dorn, their head coach. And, yeah, the quarterback we're talking about is Devin Leary, very impressive young man, redshirt junior. They have two transfers that came in uh, to shore up their offensive line and a wide receiver in Daryl Jones. So I think that's part of it. I got a hot take for you. Give me the under. All right. Give me the under. Well, I'd already written down. I don't know that that's the hottest of hot takes because the idea of North Carolina State having a bunch of expectations and meeting set expectations (laughs) is – Again, a little bit frightening, right? Like, it, on on what planet? Even when they had Philip Rivers, NC State wasn't that great. Yeah, and though Russell they, Wilson. Though they did pound Kansas in that bowl game, I'll never forget. <laughs> that was not good. All right, over under win total for Pitt, replacing their starting quarterback and their backup quarterback, for that matter. I mean, some people forget that uh, he Bevel's here at Oklahoma now. 
I I won't lie, it was wild to me to see how high this number was, but then I looked at their schedule a little bit more in depth and it made sense. And and we learned that the new or I'm sorry, not new, that the game day crew will be at their first game at the backyard bowl against West Virginia, which is back this year. So with all that said, knowing Keaton Slovis is their starting quarterback, yes, that Keaton Slovis, the over-under is at eight and a half, Pierce. I like the under. I think uh, whoever made these like this win-loss projections, uh, they're not putting a lot of respect on Miami's name. Um, and then I also think Pitt drops uh, at least one of those, like West Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh Maybe Georgia Tech. I don't know. One of those like games that they shouldn't lose, mm-hmm. but they they might. Give me the under. Josh, over under. I, I like the under as well, and for a lot of the same reasons that Pierce was just discussing. I don't think they're beating West Virginia. I'm taking the under too. All right, we have three teams left. Yeah, no, four teams left. Excuse me. So over under Syracuse. Dino Babers back again, baby. Over under win total for Syracuse right now is at four. Huge year. Probably a Dino Bavers swan song if they don't do well this year. They're always good for one really tight game with, like, Clemson on their schedule. Um, and, I I mean, Bavers seems like a likable guy for the Orange. He just hasn't been able to get it done. But I'm going to take, unfortunately, a push here. I think they win for no. <laughs> I'm going to take a push. They're going to win four games. Could you – it would be cool if you could bet that. I'm going to – I'm not going to take an over. I think – Five and seven is still hitting the over. And at four wins right now, I'm feeling pretty good. All right, that number being four, I'll take the over, Josh. Which way are you going? I'm, I'm kind of the exact opposite. I'm like, well, you know what I mean? Like four wins, they're definitely not getting five. So I'll take the under on the off chance that it's just a complete disaster. All right, you, get, you went under. Pierce, which way are you going? I like the under. I'm looking at their schedule right now, and I know they'll beat Wagner. I'll give right. them that one. But other than that – I don't have faith in every other game. They might they, they should probably beat UConn, but I could see them dropping a game to UConn. Virginia. Seven. Everything's different in Virginia this year. New head coach, Tony Elliott, who comes over from Clemson, who a first time head coach. Brennan Armstrong, solid at quarterback. And apparently, according to the preview on CBSSports.com, they've got a solid group of pass catchers around them. Tough road trips. To start the year at Illinois, they play at Syracuse. They've got to go to Duke and to Georgia Tech. But they get Louisville, Miami, North Carolina, and Pitt all at home. Josh, over under seven for Tony Elliott. I like over. I, I think there's good, a good chance this pushes with them seven and five, but they've got at Illinois and at Syracuse's losses for Virginia. Yeah. I got news for you. Illinois stinks. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten Conference. They're not losing at Illinois. I don't think they're losing at Syracuse. And I see a couple of those other games that, you know, tweener games like Louisville, they can win that game. I'm, you know, not crazy about them winning it, but it's not impossible. And, and the games that they have – chalked up his wins for him on CBS. Richmond, yeah, they're winning that game. Old Dominion at Duke, they're winning. At at Georgia Tech, they're winning. Coastal Carolina, they're winning. Virginia Tech, probably, you know, that's maybe a toss-up. But, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable going over seven. Pierce, Virginia, I'm going over 7-2 with you, by the way. Which way are you going? Uh, I like the under. Okay. I think they've got them projected to beat Coastal Carolina and Virginia Tech. I think they lose both of those games. 
But I think they beat Illinois and Syracuse, which puts them at six wins. Mm. That would be the under. That would be the under. Speaking of six, that's the over for Virginia Tech. Brent Pry in his first year. Uh, they've had massive changes all over that roster. They've got tough road trips to North Carolina, North Carolina State, Pitt. Also, I know Liberty graduated Malik Willis, but they're on the road at Liberty this year. And Oh, by the way, don't sleep on Old Dominion. It's not a bad football team. In case you can't tell, I'm taking the under right now on Virginia Tech. Josh, which way are you going over under six? Yeah, I don't have strong leanings one way or the other. I'm going to take over. Just, okay, they're bowl eligible. Maybe they get to seven. Six, Pierce? Yeah, this is hard. Uh, Looking at their schedule, they got a lot of those toss-up games. I'll take the over, though. So I'm the only one that goes under on Va Tech, which gets us to the – I almost said the runner-up. I guess they are the runner-up in last year's ACC championship game. Wake Forest. Wake Forest has a massive number and over-under set at eight and a half. Yep. Eight and a half. What do you think? I, do I have the honors? You're first. You're on the tee box. Uh, because of the quarterback play with Hartman, I'm going over. I think it's similar. Actually, I like Wake Forest better than I like North Carolina State, but it's similar in that respect for me taking the over at the eight and a half number because you like Leary, you like Hartman, you feel good about that quarterback play, and you really don't love a lot of the quarterback play in the rest of the conference, so you might as well take the over here. Pierce, which way are you going? Uh, I like the over. I don't know which games they're going to win to get them there because there's there's two that they're projected to win and two that projected to lose that are kind of toss-ups for me, but I think I think they'll, they'll come out over in the over. Yeah, and you mentioned Sam Hartman. Slept on quite a bit as a quarterback because everyone's in love with the C.J. Strouds he's and the Bryce good, Young, man. but he's a really good quarterback, and they play an offense that is frustrating to see the least. They don't quite have the NFL talent yet. But I'm I'm with you. I'm all three of us going over right now on eight and a half, which is something I never thought that we would ever say. We did it when it came to Wake Forest. We made it. We made it through the 14 stinking teams in the ACC. Next Friday, we'll hit the Pac-12, which means we'll probably spend an hour on USC and their prep projections <laughs> whenever it comes. But every Football Friday, we're hitting the five major conferences. And we're going to go through each team, give you a little nugget on each team, hit an over-under. We'll track our results throughout the season. All right, when we come back, uh, some highlights from Kirby Smart and a little bit more from SEC and ACC media days as both wrapped up. We got you covered here on The Ref. So one thing that did kind of stand out from SEC media days, if you will, was Kirby Smart, who got paid yesterday, right? Got the big-time contract extension, 10 years, $100 million dollars. And Kirby caught a little heat whenever he was at the Texas High School Coaches Association event uh, on Tuesday of last week when he was asked about NIL. And he said, you give a young man $8,000 a month or $6,000 a month, you can say he deserves that. He added, well, he might deserve that if he earns it, if he goes out there and plays. I'm all for taking care of guys that have been part of the program and start and play. It's just that it's a reverse system right now where the bottom coming in are getting rewarded more than maybe the top going out. And that makes it really tough. 
I have no problem with him saying that. Yeah, I was just about to tell Jalen I agree. Like yeah. I, I think the thing is like it's it's you could people could spin it to you know say he's trying to take money from the players or something like that. Like if you're against NIL, you're almost against like the fairness of the players. But she does concede though. Like right, it's just a slippery slope that needs to be addressed. Agreed. You have a problem with it, Josh? I would like to get to a point to where <laughs> essentially we have like salary cap situations in college football. To me, that's kind of where I see this thing ending up so in theory no uh, I, I would I, I don't disagree I think basically you set it up to where the quote-unquote universities can only pay each scholarship player or walk-on player x amount and then beyond that hey if you can endorse for a business or a company and they want to pay you a certain amount then I don't really see any way you put a stop to that plank but in terms of Ohio State or Michigan or Alabama, whichever university you want to toss out there. I don't like the world where one school can basically pay its roster $20 million and the next school can only afford a million. He added, what do you think he's doing? Smart expressed concern with incoming freshmen already having access to significant money. What do you think he's doing with that? Is that actually going to make him more successful in life? Because I promise you, if you handed me 10 k a month my freshman year of college, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. I believe that. he. No, you probably would have invested it and you'd be a billionaire. That's right. Here's what he said at SEC Media Days about NIL. Maybe. Now, I want to make this very clear. I haven't tried to play this video since like 5 o'clock this morning. So I found like, ooh, Kirby Smart talking about NIL. This looks like something we definitely need to get into. So there's a good chance that everything has been frozen up since then. But I don't have necessarily a big problem with that take. I think it's uh, I think it's a pretty good take. And oh, he was destroyed for it. Oh, he can say this, but he he's makes getting- eight hundred thousand a month. He makes that in five minutes. Ah, oh, this is a broken system. And but and like, no, it's it's his point is actually not bad, right? His point is actually, hey, the NFL went through this with guys getting paid early in their careers, and what did they do? They created a rookie tier system, and. You no longer have these massive contracts that were going to guys that were just drafted. They're still getting paid, and they're still getting paid very well. But you make more money in your second contract, and maybe even more money in your third contract if you're not a running back. So, I mean, that's that's the reality of it right now. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, offensive linemen, they're not getting it out of college. They're getting it on their second deals. And I think that's what you see a lot of coaches wanting to to move towards more than anything else. And, and there's a lot of players that are going to get paid a ton of money that don't know how to handle that type of cash, don't understand the tax side of it, all of it. So I get what Kirby Smart's saying in that respect. Bottom line is, look, man, you know this as well as I do. Anytime you say anything remotely to the effect of, well, I don't like these players getting paid X, Y, and Z. You're going to get crushed for it. And that's exactly what happened here with Kirby Smart. Ball, who doesn't care about the student athletes? No, that's that's not what he's that's not what he's saying. No, nobody's going to listen to the quote. They're <laughs> going to aggregate it and say, you know, he doesn't want players getting paid. And, oh, my goodness, how could he say that? Look at Kirby Smart just signed this massive mega extension, and he doesn't want the punter making any coin. He doesn't care about his players. I think it's pretty smart on his part. We'll talk about it more next on The Plank Show. You know, it's funny. In most conversations that we have away from the show, 
it always circles back to expansion, right? Sure. And you're working on a piece for Hawkeye Wire right now about what the ten most viable candidates. Yeah, for Big well, 10 I'm going to do top twenty-five because what can I say? I'm trying to get you to, you know, get those clicks up, baby. Come on, pages. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's look, it's tough after the first like eight or so. I mean, you got a good idea of what the like if you and I went back and forth, right? Right. And we did. Let's just do an SEC draft. Go ahead. Who's your number one? Number one. And we we can go back and forth. But Notre Dame, right? Isn't it everyone's Notre Dame, right? As it stands right now? That that's the number one. And for the SEC, I think then after that, just based on the markets that they already have and what they don't have, it doesn't make sense regionally, but I I'm going either Oregon or Washington. And then like I would Clemson? Take, all right. Well, we're we're not including a team that is currently in another conference. No, I am. What oh, you, you are? Yeah, whoever you want. Oregon and Washington are in a conference. Well, a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for? A conference that doesn't have a grant of rights until 2038 <laughs> might be one way to look at it. I don't think Florida State and Clemson are available. I you just, don't? No, I don't. And I'm not saying that based on anything that happened at their media days <laughs> this past weekend. I just think that I think that there is a there is an opportunity for the ACC to survive, but if you're now, I would go back and change my first pick. You wouldn't take Notre Dame. I would take Notre Dame. Number you would one. take. I take Clemson number one. Clemson. Now I know everyone's like, whoa! I just then I would take Notre Dame. Yeah, too. no, right. I just I, I don't think the SEC is tripping all over itself like everyone else thinks they are for an opportunity at Notre Dame. That's just me. Are we are we doing another break? We are. We are due another break. Oh, my computer's frozen. It says 1049. I was like, what? I said, you were waiting a while on that was, last one. I was sitting. I was like, whoa. Okay. Uh, quick break then. We're back with David Hale from ESPN and Joey Helmer from OU Insider. Bang, bang with guests in the 11 o'clock hour here on The Plank Show.